0: Only to find Gideon's Bible My family rarely stayed in hotel rooms when we were kids, so when I first saw a Gideon Bible, I thought it had been left by a previous occupant named Gideon. I thought nothing more of it until 1968, when I heard the Beatles sing Rocky Raccoon. Rocky Raccoon checked into his room only to find Gideon's Bible. So a Gideon was not an individual, it was a group, And why did these Gideons keep leaving Bibles in hotel rooms? The Gideons quickly passed into my brain's deep storage locker, but after a 40-year hiatus, they came bubbling to the surface when Rocky Raccoon popped up again on the radio. As a writer on the prowl for quirky characters and storylines, I was intrigued. I discovered that the Gideons were an evangelical Christian organization founded in 1898, by two travelling salesmen who kept bumping into each other on the road. They decided they could multitask by placing Bibles in hotel rooms. I tried to imagine an early scenario. It is nineteen ten. The Gideons have begun to deposit Bibles in bedside drawers. I envision two travelling salesmen sitting at a dreary diner picking at the remains of their apple pie. A persistent fly circles overhead just missing the dangling flypaper. The first man says, "'Hey, fellow traveler, my name is Daniel. Sure, it gets awfully lonely out here on the road, but I always find solace in reading the Gideon's Bible in my hotel room. Would you like to join me in reciting some verses after dinner?' The second man responds, "'Hello, Daniel, I'm Janes. I've been seeing those Bibles and wondering who them Gideons are.' "'Well, I'm a Gideon,' says Daniel.' and it is my calling to spread the word of the Lord by leaving Bibles in hotels to comfort us weary travelers. The waitress arrives carrying a fly swatter. Damn these flies, she says. Hard to keep them off the pie and out of the sugar bowl. What you boys up to tonight? She turns to take another drag on her cigarette, and then aims her exhale towards the wayward fly that has escaped the fate of the swarm stuck in the flypaper. As she bends over to swab the counter, the men notice her necklace, a cross whose stem has disappeared into her moist cleavage. Daniel turns his eyes away. James is transfixed. "'Boys, sometimes I'm very busy in the evening, but not tonight, if you know what I mean,' says the waitress. "'A girl just likes to have some fun, and you boys might be just the ticket.' She stares at James.' Daniel's stool scrapes the worn wooden floor as he pushes away from the table. James, will you join me? I sure ain't no God-fearing man like you, Daniel, says James. I think I'll just go to my room, and he nods at the waitress. Now I visualize Daniel in his room, counting the weeks that he has forgone the pleasures of the flesh. His resolve slips away as he thinks of the cross nestled between ample breasts. He opens a drawer, grabs the Bible, and opens it to Corinthians 10.13. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out, so that you can endure it. Daniel whispers, Deliver me from temptation. O dear Lord, the Gideons have saved me once again. Down the hall, James sits on his bed, wearing a rumpled T-shirt with discolored armpits, sagged-out drawers, and knee-high black socks. The yellowed toenail of his big toe sticks out through his frayed sock. He thinks, might as well read this Gideon thing while I wait. He idly flips through the Bible, calmly killing time as he waits for the waitress's knock on the door. In this scenario, Lusty James seems more likely to me than God-fearing Daniel. In fact, the Gideon premise has never made sense to me. Beyond church, it seems to me that Bibles should be a BYOB proposition. And if you didn't bring your own, you probably wouldn't use one anyway. But I must give the Gideons credit. They have one kick-ass distribution. The Gideon website notes that their society has distributed over two billion Bibles, translated into over two hundred languages. The Gideons have expanded their targets from hotel rooms to various, quote, designated traffic lanes of life. End quote. Targets now include jails, domestic violence centers, police and fire departments, schools and the armed forces, whose Bible covers are even decked out in camouflage. Other religious organizations have adopted the Gideon strategy. Marriott Hotels, whose founder was a Mormon, now place the Book of Mormon in each of the rooms. Scientologists, who finally won a court battle to be recognized as a tax-exempt religion, have begun placing their literature in some hotel rooms. In a nod to pluralism, some hotels also offer Muslim or Buddhist scripture. The bedside drawer now overflows, an unlikely battleground for the heart and soul of the weary traveler. I find the Gideons and the hotels that accede to them presumptuous in their efforts to save or even soothe my soul. However, as a writer, I am jealous of their distribution, far exceeding the reach of the most determined publisher. How can I grab a hold of the Gideons' coattails? I bet that random travelers mostly read a Gideon Bible out of pure boredom rather than any religious fervor. So wouldn't a Gideon-inspired novel increase readership? How about a murder mystery, with the Gideon Bible as its centerpiece? This would certainly have a broader appeal than a stodgy old Bible. The detective could be a Gideon, a traveling salesman who stumbles upon grisly murders as he travels around the country. I can already picture it. A body is found in a seedy motel, and the only clue is a bloody fingerprint on the Gideon Bible. The Bible could be open to a specific passage that provides the Gideon with a lead. He might suspect a sex or hate crime if the Bible is open to Leviticus 20.13. If a man also lie with mankind as he hath with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. End quote. The bible could become a calling card for a serial killer another body is found at the gideon's next stop this time the smeared blood highlights deuteronomy 22:5 "the woman shall not wear that which pertaineth to a man neither shall a man put on a woman's garment for all that do are abominations unto the lord thy god" End quote. in fact i could author a whole detective series called The Gideon Bible Murders. A simple word search of the Bible suggests that there are enough abominations to sustain a long-lived series. In the first book, the detective will be stumped by the common thread among the murders, but slowly he realizes that all of them represent abominations described in the Bible. He makes a list and then ticks them off as each murder is solved. Proverbs 2010, which rails against the abomination of quote, "diverse weights and measures, end quote, is particularly challenging. But the Gideon ultimately reasons that the next victim must be a Wall Street banker who has cooked the books. If I portray my Gideon in a God-fearing and positive light, wouldn't the Gideons be eager to distribute my novels? I realize I must be careful not to sell out and become a shill for the Gideons. But, oh, their distribution network is so powerfully tempting. That bedside drawer can surely fit another book. I dropped to my knees at the thought of a Gideon Bible murder, nestled next to the Gideon Bible in hotel rooms all over the world.